0: Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today.
1: And as long as you're recording, I hear you can go You can go leave for whatever it is you need to do. Five toilets? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> just five, just the five. Just, then, oh my goodness. You should talk to our green. He does like seven toilets. Anyway, wrong show. <laughs> Kia ora koutou. It is another week on Married at First Sight Australia. This is The Real Pod. My name's Jane Yee. I'm joined by Alex Casey. Unfortunately, Duncan Greve couldn't be with us today. He chose to leave. Um, yeah. But I have a feeling he'll be back sometime.
2: His girl on the outside is meetings. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, is affectionately known now as commitments on the outside. Uh, so we—he'll um, be on the the commitment couch and we'll be giving a, a, him a bloody hard time, won't we? Yeah. And we'll be we uh, we'll be um, holding him accountable. He won't be getting away with it. And the good news is he's actually sent through a little voice message on one of the couples this week. Not one of it's the not one of the main ones. It's extremely no. sort of like diving in deep on something really non consequential, but uh, <laughs> that is that is Duncan's way. Um and we do love a secret a secret message that comes through in Married at First Sight.
2: It's very exciting. What a tease. Oh my gosh, do we just get straight into it? I think so. We're gonna
1: start with um Harrison and Bronte. Now it's intimacy week. Uh we start love with it. the commitment ceremony.
2: Yeah. And that's right. Oh my God, that's right. They're living separately at this point. It's been really bad. Immediately when they sit down, Bronte is like, yeah, it's been really hard. And Harrison's like, I don't think it's been that hard, to be honest. And it's just like every time she says anything, he has to just completely undercut it. Yeah. And was like, I've been on holiday. It's like I've been on holiday. Oh. And this he is takes, just the start of a horrible week for Harrison.
1: And he takes a contrarian view. And the other thing he does is twist everything she says to make her, to put the blame on her never works because it's so obviously him who's in the wrong but in his mind you know he has not owned a single thing at any point um, and that's
2: what's amazing is like you could kind of see how he might think he can get away with gaslighting her and being being a nightmare to her but even on the commitment ceremony couch he starts doing it to the experts I know and when they recap thank god for the very last time the girl in the outside drama and um he says that thing where he talks about the photo of the luggage. He stitched himself up. He stitched <laughs> himself up. And, and and Alessandra's like, did you send her a photo of your luggage? And he's like, are you sure she didn't take that photo herself? And the experts are like, what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that just implicates you as having been with her. It's just like it's not you saying, oh, I know, I don't know how she got hold of that photo. Maybe it went around a group messaging thing. I don't know. It was like... I I can take the heat off me by blaming her for being the person who, you know,
2: like, (laughs) taking the the damn button. She took the the damn photo. It's it's her weapon in her hand. Um, Completely. It's so weird. He genuinely is like a very twisted character.
1: Bronte calls him a narcissist in this episode, and I am not a psychologist, psychotherapist, counselor in any way, but there are some hallmarks there. And I think Mm -hmm. this sort of behavior is exactly the kind of thing, right, where he just has zero self-awareness. Like, he's never in the wrong even when there's basically a big neon sign over his head saying, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. He just will not accept it, and it's everybody Mm -hmm. else's fault. Um, Alessandra? He does not like
2: getting getting told off by the experts. And you can see him, like, just, like, breaking out in hives, like his beet red, breaking out in hives, trying not to – shout or do something real intense when John and Alessandra and co start getting stuck into him this is something that he does all the time as he keeps and I think we talked about it last time is
1: he just keeps his voice quite level Mm. and um, in a way that's a little bit creepy and makes the other person so frustrated that they get all hit up and suddenly then he's got an opportunity to say you're being emotional you're being hysterical look at me I'm just talking normally kind of thing and uh, super ick. Alessandra says to him, your brain shouldn't be between someone else's legs and body when you're about to meet your wife. Fair point. And I think this is something that you almost could argue, you could almost understand his, his side of things. If it were just like a, I just met someone I was hooking up and technically I was single and I didn't know who my wife was going to be. But there is this application process and there are people here who are like I'm struggling to find love and I'm going to use mm-hmm. this And it's so obvious he's here just for the, like, being on the telly experience, you know, because clearly he doesn't have any trouble picking up girls. He goes out of a Saturday night and he's got girls throwing their numbers at him. Um, I don't, just while we're here, I don't understand why Duncan is on this show either because I do not believe for a single second that this man can't find love. Like, I am in love with him. There's something going on. There's I'm in love with flaw. him.
2: Everyone is. The whole experiment is in love with him. <laughs> he was top ranking across the board. Somehow even I the don't, men chose him. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to ha- him to
1: have a fall. I don't want him to have a fall from grace. I want this to continue. I want him and Alyssa to be happy in their lovely, sexy life together. I just, I want them, I really want to believe Duncan is the kind of man <laughs> that we all hope exists in this world. Because then yeah. there's hope, right? Then there's hope. And also he the fact incredible. that someone like that can't find love. Stop it! If there's a man out there like Duncan who can't find love, my number is. <laughs> 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 or you can just email me Jane at thespinoff.co.nz. It's fine as well. Um, okay. Look, yeah. Back to Bronte and Harrison. Um, there's an argument it gets about so much worse. <laughs> there's the, the "I'm not going anywhere" versus "I'm not leaving" argument, which is just semantics.
2: Yeah, and somehow he thinks he has a point that she's kind of misquoted it, used the wrong word, and he's like, I didn't say that. Yeah, no, you didn't say that, but that's what
1: you meant, and it's very obvious, and those two expressions are interchangeable, and then he's like, oh, you're gaslighting me. He's using gaslighting. gaslighting He's using
2: the idea of gaslighting to gaslight her, which is like gaslighting. This is something that, you know, we have talked about, how this show has introduced a lot of these concepts to a, a wide audience and I think that is like a net positive but you can also see the way the people are now weaponizing these sorts mm-hmm. of words and you see it a lot on reality TV, people using gaslighting just for anything mm-hmm. you know, but him using it in this context was just genuinely like, Bronte needs to get out mm. of this situation. She did get and out she see- <laughs> briefly got She got up all the way <laughs>
1: Alex, I think that, like, you're a good person and this is a good podcast in this context to actually just remind people what gaslighting actually
2: is. What's your take on what gaslighting is? Oh, I don't know how I'm going to say anything succinct. I know where it comes from. I think it comes from, like, a play. It Mm. was used in a play as a technique where a man drove his wife slowly crazy by slowly altering the light in their room. Yeah, of the gaslight, yeah. Yeah. So, and I suppose that's kind of symbolic of like these sort of subtle, um, subtle ways that someone can get you to start questioning your own reality. Basically. Mm-hmm. So I think that's
1: kind of the key thing as well as like there's some intent behind it, right? Yeah. Probably there are a lot of things that on the surface might look like gaslighting, um, and but might not actually have manipulation behind them. It might be someone being stubborn, it might be a a misunderstanding between two people. But when you are deliberately twisting words and that sort of thing to your own end and to your own advantage and to make someone question their own version of events, which you both know to be the true ones, you know, Mm. like have you ever been in a situation where someone's saying to you it didn't happen that way when you know for a fact it did and you know they know that it happened that way and it just makes you want to pull your hair out because there's no winning There's no winning the argument, and that's exactly what's happened here. So um, she she reckons he's bathing in windex, and she literally sees right through him. um, Which that was an incredible
2: line to pull out in like a moment of deep distress. I thought, like I was like, good on you. Yeah, yeah,
1: totally. (laughs) You're seeing a
2: bit of that. Like I feel like Caitlin's had a few of those as well. Like those quite cool mic drop like sound bites. Oh yeah, Um, Caitlin's amazing. Um, And Harrison just gets worse and worse. They go to the intimacy workshop with the boys, and he goes in there thinking he's going to teach Alessandra a thing or two. No, he's a sexologist
1: of 20 years. He thinks he's going to teach Alessandro a thing or two. He doesn't even get her name right, which I think just speaks to the quality of this man. Can't even bother trying to get a woman's name right.
2: It's just so gross and then he like go (laughs) when he tried to like flex during the workshop being like you know if if you get a woman to pleasure herself next level it's like oh my god why are you explaining this to a sexologist of 20 years (laughs) she knows
1: that whole her sex workshops I mean I feel like that's a segment unto themselves
0: they were um
1: (laughs) they were unlike anything we've seen on this show before in terms of just like Chucking people into a room, whipping out some sex toys, talking about, you know, anal pleasure and so on. It's quite. Yeah. I mean, I have a sick child at home and I brazenly <laughs> was watching the show while she was sitting next to me on an iPad. And there was a point where I was like, it was quite early on, as you can imagine. I was like, oh, <laughs> I think we're going to have to be in separate rooms for this missy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, chucking I did back like- she's chucking back the bluey and I'm like watching Alessandro tell everyone how to um, get anal pleasure.
2: I did like how she kind of dragged the guys and basically the entire male population of Australia <laughs> being like, "I've been here for so many years. Aussie men have no game." <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Jesse's like, "She's right."
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, that's where that's where Jesse and Harrison differ. You know, at least Jesse has like self awareness and kind of Jessie understands.
1: Jesse has like buckets. He's like bathing in self awareness this week. Mm. Um, but we'll get, we'll get onto them just shortly. Uh, the date, the intimacy. I don't know what the – did Harrison and Bronte have an intimacy challenge?
2: Um, they did do the eye gazing after, after he set up the intimacy date that she didn't want to go on, so they oh, ended yes. up going by himself. And they sort of made tried to make it this, like, funny thing. And I, I kind of got a little, a little bit angry at the show at this point. I was like, I don't think you can make this funny Harrison on a date with a photo of Bronte joke when you have kind of created this situation where this woman – does not even want to be in the same room as this man because he's so horrible. I don't think they get to be like, ha-ha, isn't this great? Do you know what I've got
1: written down? I love it. <laughs> he sat by the harbour with her wedding photo having a glass of wine. It's quite funny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought they were having their cake and eating it too. I don't think oh, they get Oh, they definitely to like... were.
1: I mean, I don't love it for Bronte, but I enjoy when the show tries to have have lol. It's just this is probably not the couple to do that with.
2: yeah yeah i think so because it's Um, totally then they did the eye gazing task um and at this point i sort of went i wrote down maybe everything is going to be okay No, no everything is
1: never going to be okay the thing is she wants it to work she wants to be on the show she wants to be in the experiment she doesn't have any other options apart from harrison at this point You know, the girl girl gang is super solid, which I love to see. We don't have Mm -hmm. as yet any kind of like crossing lines too badly or anything like that. No one upsetting each other within, you know, the the brides or within the grooms. Though that may be about to change. Um, One thing I really uh, cannot stand, (laughs) there's so many things I can't stand about Harrison, but when they were on the couch, both to Harrison and to Shannon, John made it very clear that they are going to have to win their brides back. You know, they, it's up to them now to go out and prove themselves and win them back. When Bronte didn't go on the date, because quite rightly she was really miffed about everything that had happened, um, he's like, aha, now I've got one up on her. Now she needs mm. to prove that she's committed to me because she didn't come on this date. It's
2: horrible. Like,
1: why would you go on that date? It's
2: just the pompous. point scoring, yeah, it's just awful um, So they have these weird moments where suddenly it's like Bronte has a lobotomy And comes back and goes, I'm going to give it a shot, it's going to be fine And there's, there's pockets where you're like, maybe this will be okay As long as all they're doing is looking at each other and not talking <laughs> <laughs> And that was why the eye-gazing task was like, huh, maybe it's going to be okay um, But then we got to the dinner party and it was very clear Harrison be Harrison all the time
1: Harrison, this is really shocking from Harrison. I mean, I'm surprised that I can be shocked. I'm, I'm just shocked he thought he could get away with this, that that all these people around the table were not going to put the pieces of the puzzle together and figure out what happened when he went and got a girl's number when he was out at a bar with Dan. That's what we're yeah. talking about? Should we just get into That's it? That's what like, we no, this, this is obviously part of Sandy and Dan's story too and pretty much the only Part of their story this week. There didn't there wasn't. You this was the main part. A and very that's kind couple. of like
2: the incredible power of Harrison is that he's not only creating this toxic relationship himself, he is now blowing up other people's relationships. Yeah. Just as collateral damage to his own lies.
1: It's and in, crazy. A, in a and in the real world take, he's also sucking the oxygen out of their storylines, out of their mm-hmm. time on the show, you know, like out of their airtime. <laughs> And there's yeah. lovely stories being told and not being told. Completely. Because A, Harrison's taking up tons of air time, and B, he's actually the only time this stuff is being covered is because he's going in and blowing shit up. So Sandy it's and Dan really having a really amazing. just a fantastic time in experiment. Dan's been extremely respectful of Sandy's want to move slowly, um, and, you know, takes her out to an Italian restaurant because he knows she loves Italian food for their date. It's all going so good with these guys. There's absolutely no reason for what, to happen, what happens next to happen except for Harrison.
2: So talk me through what happened. Okay, so Harrison and Dan went out to a bar on a Saturday night. They seemingly were accosted by a gaggle of girls, <laughs> as Harrison likes to put it, and they asked... Harrison for his number one of the girls took a shining to Harrison said you're so hot this is again Harrison's retelling and Harrison said I'm gonna give you my number but I'll take yours and then I'll delete it after because then that's absolutely fine Mm -hmm. and then so he says he deleted it and then later on that night he was ringing Adam for quote-unquote boy chat (laughs) and was telling him about this number and this girl and Janelle overhears it does Janelle think he's talking about Dan or does Adam yeah. think he's talking about Dan too? I think I think
1: it might have been framed like me and Dan were out some girls came up asked for our number we said no you know but he's he's basically implicated Dan or someone's got the wrong end of the stick essentially at some point um, but they're not the person in the wrong the person in the wrong very clearly is Harrison. He yeah. is thrilled when he finds out everyone thinks it's Dan who got the got the number, he's like... Completely. He's just going to have to take the hit on this, you know?
2: Like, what a dick. What an absolute Because Janelle dick. and Adam, particularly Janelle, Janelle comes into this dinner party, classic maths trope, I've got some information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I've got some information, I need to figure out who to tell about this because it involves a groom And that groom is Dan. And at this point, us as the audience, we don't know that it's not Dan. So I was just like, oh, my God, another one bites the dust. I can't believe it. I can't believe that Dan would do this. Um, And then they start to share it. And then, yeah, it comes out that (laughs) Harrison is the one with the number. Dan did nothing. Dan didn't even entertain it. Um, And yet he's now embroiled in this. And to Sandy's the point where he front-foots it, it with Sandy because yeah. he knows everyone's talking about it and he goes over to Sandy and says, hey, this is something people are talking about. It's not the truth, but that doesn't matter. Sandy's completely no. rattled and walks away crying. And then Sandy's not even there for the moment when Harrison gets bailed out by everyone and it
1: comes out, yeah, you know. And, and he keeps defending his position on it like, I took her number so she couldn't <laughs> contact me. And I deleted it. Look, I understand that in a situation where you've got someone hanging off you at a nightclub or something, they're bothering you and you're just like, yep, okay, I'll take your number, goodbye, I'll be in touch, and then you obviously don't want to give up your number. But this is a situation in which he's not alone. He's got Dan there, so he's definitely, and I don't feel like Harrison's ever the kind of person who's, who needs to like, you know, he can stand up for himself if he wants to. Um, but the point is not whether he did the right or wrong thing, taking or giving a number. It's that he was quite happy to let everyone think that it was Dan who'd done it. And so he's defending his case about, like, the ins and outs of what actually happened with the girl, when, in fact, that's not what anyone cares about so much is the fact he's prepared to let Dan... Well, as a viewer, I'm I'm most shocked that he's prepared to let Dan take the hit. People at the Mm. table are upset that he took the number, rightly so,
2: given the kind of guy that he is. Um, including Bronte, who misses some of this as well and comes hmm. back and Harrison recaps it, and she is like, okay, yeah, that's fine. You took because a girl's number and deleted it. Because he front-footed
1: it too. So previous, so earlier on when it all started coming out, he sits her down at the table and like, hey, look, I just want to let you know I went out on Saturday night, got the girl's number, I deleted it straight away, I just needed to get rid of her. Again, yuck, yuck, all these women chasing me, they really want me, yuck. Um, and... Because it hasn't come out yet, she's just kind of like, and she's trying to make it work. She's like, "Okay, yeah, I believe you. Thank you for telling me." The only reason he's told her is because it started coming out. You know, it's not like he told her that Sunday morning after the Saturday night out. Plus, this combined with Shannon going out and meeting up with his cousin wife. What the heck (laughs) are these people doing on their weekends? And why are they not being followed by cameras? I know. I know too much freedom.
2: I hate to say it, but you've got to lock them in those apartments. You do. You, have to, you either have to <laughs> you lock them in those apartments. you've got to take their phones
1: off them. Or you've got to, tie, like, tie in a whole another crew. I mean, I don't don't take their phones off them, but just make sure you have access to the, their phones all the time and yeah. you've, t- you've bugged them. And let them go free on the weekend, but just follow them with cameras, okay? I just don't want all this action happening when I'm just forced to, like, take Shannon's word for the fact it was his cousin and I don't know. You know,
2: yeah, I want to see. We it. need to see. We need to see. I want to see him going shh to Linda. Me too. <laughs> um, but we'll get to that. Just on the the Bronte Harrison drama when it was also st- starting to, it was starting to come out. It was very clear that Harrison was on like damage control and doing all this stuff. The experts were absolutely losing it watching it, and I thought it was like very cool. <laughs> John was just like, "Help me out here!" Like staring at the rest of them because mm. it's almost like Harrison defies <laughs> their like their craft. <laughs> they yeah. do not know how to deal with this man. He's like too much.
1: I have um, someone, a friend of mine said they listened to some sort of official kind of podcast where the experts were on it and they talk a lot more about the psychology of things. I think a lot of the less dramatic kind of stuff that will probably be a bit boring for the telly, but is really interesting inside info. I won't listen to it because I'm time poor, but uh, if you are time rich, then go for it. Um, but I think it's interesting to kind of remember that the experts are actually experts and not just telly people. And they have been holding people much more accountable this season, which I like to see. And I really feel like after this week's episodes, I haven't, I, I've i have taken away that doubt that I had that they did, aren't armed with a lot of this information to begin with when they go and watch these dinner parties. Mm-hmm. I always think they already know everything and they've kind of like fake their reactions, but I feel like their reactions were quite genuine this week.
2: It felt very pure because it, it like it feels like you're watching Gogglebox or something, mm. you know. Yeah. like they're just sitting around reacting like we are at home.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and I love to see
2: it. <laughs> Do you love to see it. Was there anything else? So Bronte's still standing by Harrison at this point. So Bronte's, Bronte's I, standing by her man, and
1: it's that classic thing, I guess. Of um, it's not as bad. <laughs> it's not as bad as last week. You know what I mean? Like, so much bad stuff has happened now that her, you know, her barometer's all out of whack. And, like, she just really didn't want to be the drama couple this week. So she's doing everything she can to just kind of, like, dampen the fire.
2: It does just make me think, though, like, I want to believe in Bronte. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has the lowdown on everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the U.S. market. The opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. Join some of the superstars of the investment and business world as they share advice from their time in the US so you can make your mahi count in this massive market. The Investment Fix Podcast, brought to you by Invest New Zealand. Tune in
0: today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
2: But I, I but don't know. If she's here for the right reasons, you know. I, I, I don't know. Reasons. I don't think you'd put yourself through that time and time again, and you'd see any kind of glimmer in this in this man unless you have a vested interest in your online beauty school having more success. <laughs> unless she's
1: uh, unless she's came here for the right reasons, but it's clearly not working out like she planned. She's like, "Well, fuck it. I'm just gonna get stay on here for as long as I can and get the most out of it," which yeah. is True. valid, you know. If he's going to use her, why doesn't she play him at his own game? Jesse and Claire.
2: oh, what a turnaround! What a turnaround. I mean,
1: I had to say, you know, last week, and everyone was really, really hating on Jesse, and I was like, I feel like there could be a redemption arc here, and we're seeing it, and I hope it continues because I actually, these two, when they're good
2: together, are so cool, like such. It was there, and yeah. (laughs) At the wedding, we saw her. I was like, I can't believe they found the perfect person for this very specific man with a very specific set of icks. Yes, she does tick some of them off. But this week we saw him, I guess, relax his icometer.
1: ometer <laughs> and saw him go to the crystal shop. In a crystal <laughs> shop, handling crystals, letting her talk about them and seemingly listening. He chose one that he quite liked. She came back and staged the room. He even had to go over the pillows. I mean, this is huge, a huge, huge turn in Jesse, and I love it. Um, they had a really long, lovely hug. Uh, Jesse feels bad about what happened on – oh, because we didn't even talk about the, the, the commitment ceremony where Lyndall kind of gave some insight into why Jesse would have been so suspicious of Adam and Claire –
2: Oh, um, that's right. Remember? Lyndall is always bringing little tidbits to the party, isn't she?
1: <laughs> I know. And that's going to cause problems it's cool. too. But I, mean, I think I mean, I know
2: that it causes she's drama. She's obviously but...
1: observant. Mm. She's observant. And I think also people think that because of the kind of person that she is, she's not going to cause drama. I don't think she wants to be. Um, but she's she feels very loyal to her friends, and she wants to make sure that they're not fucked over. But then again with something like the Jessie situation where, if you'll recall – Jesse suspected something was going on between Adam and Claire on a night out where there were no cameras. And it transpires that Adam said to Lyndall, Don't go home, otherwise I'm going to end up going home with Claire. And Adam's like, That makes no sense. Why would I say that? But it makes perfect sense if you're worried you're going to be tempted to do something. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, Can you please stay? Because I don't trust myself not to take her home if you don't, if there's not someone else here sort of keeping an eye on the situation.
2: Um, totally. But what it does And why would intent- Lyndall. Why would Lyndall, like, lie about that? I feel like Adam, once again, kind of got off pretty lightly on this because of other men so, doing much He worse. got off
1: <laughs> so, so lightly because he came and did this big apology on the couch to front foot being, you know, blown up by everyone. And, of course, everyone was like, okay, fair enough, you've done this apology. But then undermined that completely the next day. He was like, well, that was all bullshit, you know, like mm. that never happened. So poor Janelle. I don't, I don't, I don't have high don't. hopes for those two.
2: Don't like um, it. But, yeah, when Lyndall dropped that bomb, Jesse was clearly like, whoa, there is something here. And I yeah. thought that was going to make their relationship kind of worse. But this week things actually got better. He also did that intimacy date where he – what was it? It was like a weird platter that had Tim Tams and chutneys. Yeah. and bowling, <laughs> and bowling
1: with a with tinfoil ball and some water bottles. I thought that was really cute. I think he – for anyone else, they might have framed it as like, oh, it didn't really do anything romantic, but he framed it as I don't want to do anything fake and push it too far. This is where we're at. Let's have something fun and chill so no one feels any pressure. And I think that was it was clearly the right thing to do. They ended up having a really nice, deep conversation. He got vulnerable. He's gone ahead and written an anti-ick list, all the things that he likes about Claire. It's a very long list and it's very thorough and genuine. Um and I love it. And they pull a fake arrival at the dinner party, which is cute and fun and Oh,
2: that was cute. They just I look good
1: together. They do. I just
2: want I want the best for them now. And it also is testament to the experiment. It is. <laughs> you know? Like we do shit on the casting and the experts a lot, but you're like, wow, Jesse is actually open to changing. Like, what a concept.
1: Yeah, he has a really good um, ability to be able to self-reflect and then make changes, whereas, you know, some of these other dudes don't seem to be able to have any self-awareness at all.
2: No. Should we scooch through some of the, not boring, but just slightly lesser featured couples this week? Um,
1: Melinda and Leighton. The only interesting thing really between these guys, it feels like there might be stuff simmering in terms of um, some sort of potential drama ahead. Um, But he tried to light a candle by putting paper in the toaster and then tried to (laughs) use a knife um, to get the remnants out.
2: This man so, is a CEO. Yeah, <laughs> I know.
1: I do feel like that is a little bit Duncan Greave Energy though. So It is
2: Duncan Greave. I I don't think that it I don't I think that both things can be true. I think we've seen it in our <laughs> very own lives. He is a CEO of an animal weed company as well. And that's like a big, sto- big stone energy. <laughs> that is a massive stone
1: energy. He's not afraid to use knives, you know? No. <laughs> I hear
2: yeah, that Yeah, I one. actually, I do kind of like seeing um, seeing them together, you know? Like when they did that little dance class, it was cute. When yeah. they, um, they have these little asides. You don't really ever get to see much of them at one, at one go, but it looks like he's kind of less in it than she is at the moment, which is a surprise.
1: Yeah, yeah. He doesn't seem to be taking all the intimacy stuff very seriously. Uh, So I just watch the space. We just haven't spent enough time with them. Adam and Janelle. Now you'll recall a few at the very beginning. Janelle was a little bit like sus about Adam's job as a prize (laughs) winning prize site entrepreneur slash future podcaster and whether or not this was something that that might set him up and be stable. Uh, and he was very offended by this. Um, Duncan Greve thought he'd been bathing in Windex and could see right through him. And uh, he's he's got some more thoughts, which we're actually going to share with you now via voice note.
0: Okay, Flockers, we're just watching episode 10, and earlier in the episode, Adam did a date for Janelle that was quite sweet, but had sort of vibed a little cheapskate, vibed a little bit like Janelle might have been right about her suspicions uh, re his job etc earlier in the season he had this like oyster bay kind of $15 a bottle of champagne some pretty small supermarket looking roses maybe like three squares of Whitaker's chocolate put that aside later in the episode Adam goes to sorry Jesse goes to apologize to Adam and knocks on the door what's his gift is champagne and chocolates, which are contained in a paper bag, we never see inside it. But Nikki's theory, and I think it's a really good one, is that maybe Adam looked inside and was like, "Oh, hello, here's my date." We don't know the continuity around any of this, but I think it's a really, really good mass conspiracy theory, and uh, <laughs> you know, we'll we'll just keep watching. But um, you know. Eyes on Adam. Eyes on Adam and his, his uh, spend on Janelle.
1: <laughs> Eyes on Adam, spend on Janelle is so good. Um, it's really thank you, good. Duncan, for that conspiracy theory. I feel like we should say thank you, Nikki.
2: Is Nicky yeah. on payroll yet from the real pod? I, I think most of Duncan's got ideas on this podcast. <laughs> very much, <laughs> very much, Nicky's. Um, it's a good theory. I d- but I do have a, just broader question about the general budget for these dates because I don't think yeah. Adam was ever working with a lot. But so it's Duncan suggesting he pocketed the twenty. That they got given? Did they get given twenty dollars? I missed that. Well, no, I don't. No, I don't know. But I'm just guessing based on what they bought, and I remember Ollie saying that he went to the two dollar shop.
1: Yeah, no, that's just those guys. Because Dan took Sandy to an Italian restaurant. You ain't getting anything for twenty bucks. Maybe some garlic bread if you're lucky. You know. Yeah. So what I'm wondering is, they're not restricted
2: by budget. So they pitch the dates and production is just like, okay, let's do it. Yeah,
1: I mean, I don't. It, any of these dates, it doesn't even look like production have been involved at all. It looks like you know they've written on notepads and done some googling, and then they've <laughs> you know booked a restaurant or gone to the dollar store. Um, and for some couples, that's fine. But Adams, I, I wouldn't say Adams talked a big game, but he it would have been a good opportunity to prove to Janelle that. Uh, he isn't sleeping bus stop to bus stop and he isn't stealing sorry gifts from other people and turning them into a date. We don't know that for sure, but it's a sound theory. I have to say I did see when he was like, I'm putting on a romantic night and he he, he pulled out, yeah, the, the $15 bottle of, um, of bubbles and four chockeys uh, and like six flowers <laughs> that look very much like they were bought from a dairy or a gas station. Um, and, and a couple of Emery boards. I was like, he's just quickly whipped to the chemist's warehouse <laughs> Picked up some memory That's woods. right. Yeah,
2: and a, you know a foot rub is free. That's yeah, that was like the activity. A
1: foot rub is quite intimate. I will say that it
2: is. I haven't
1: had a foot but rub. But also, for a long like time. Janelle,
2: Janelle didn't um, mind it. In fact, no, she appeared to love it. I know, right?
1: I think Adam's got something over Janelle because she is choosing to not see some of these red flags that are coming up. I'm not saying that cheap wine and chockeys is a red flag, but there have definitely been some other more ready
2: flaggies, you know? I thought it was a big red flag that he rubbed her foot with a flannel. That grossed me out. Now that's what they do at the spas. I've never softens the that. skin. Yeah. You're the wrong I just feel like places. flannel is face. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, I
1: suppose at the spas <laughs> the flannel's foot reserved, you know, they're not then going to use that to, to wash off the marmite after lunch. <laughs> um, mm, good point, good point. Mind you, hotel, you know, use the flannel. Could get, a, get rid of get freshy.
2: Yeah. Oh, Adam so might st- stitch it into the lining of his jacket just to stay warm. <laughs> <and> so, <night.
1: laughs> so many questions. Oli and Tani have, um, have a, a lovely, very, very cheap date but it's quite thoughtful and actually quite creative, I have to say. Right down to the little uh, soft toy octopus in the water, um, he recreates the Fiji honeymoon. Uh, get some coconuts, make some, you know, little cocktails. It's just—it's quite cute. I mean, it looks tacky yeah. as hell, but it, it really works for them.
2: Yeah, um, they are great. I wish we could see more of them. Our time is so soaked up at the moment. I know. They're funny, <laughs> and also, he sounds a bit like Guy Montgomery. Just, you know, just see yeah. You that well, he's time. a voice. He's a voice artiste, of course. So maybe he's doing yeah a copy. I <laughs> Sandy and yeah, Dan we kind couple. of covered them
1: off really lovely time um Duncan and Alyssa oh Barbie and Ken I mean dream oh dream, my god this
2: such a dream I love the journey I love her overcoming her Mormon prudishness and like being like I have had no vibrators and now I have two and I don't know yeah. what to do <laughs> and that scene
1: where they're kissing and then she's like lay down
2: yeah that scene where there was the massage
1: and oh, then it, the it, message. it pulled
2: back and revealed the like <laughs> the camera guy with the boob just looking so uncomfortable. I loved that. I wouldn't want that to happen too often in this show, but I think it's a really cool thing to pepper in occasionally to just remember, like, <laughs> we are watching a production here and yeah. it's really super awkward and weird.
1: <laughs> yeah. And yet they still, she still wants to lay down while they're kissing. Like, that's how much sexual chemistry there is between them, that even though there are other people in the room, it's like, when they're like, do you think you'll we'll have sex tonight? I'm like, of course they are. Of course they are. As soon as those cameras are. are gone, she's she's letting loose because she's found a lovely man who's taken it
2: at her pace and been super respectful. I just, what a dream. He also appeared to do the best sort of cheese board of all the dates, right, I would say. Yeah. He had beautiful cheeses and meats and olives that I think they bought on their honeymoon. Oh, so that was very thoughtful. So, He's just a perfect man. I don't know. It's crazy. You're right. It's just bonkers that he is on a show like this. We (laughs) did think
1: that about Art Green, though. And now we've seen him on Treasure Island and some of the shines come off. You know, when you see people doing their toilets, it changes. (laughs) Um, But he's hoping we never have to see that with Duncan. This Duncan, not our Duncan. I mean, I don't want to see our Duncan doing toilets either. No, no. Okay, Josh and (laughs) Melissa, how do you feel about Josh after our chat last week? I'm really curious to know what your assessment is this week.
2: Oh, look, I wanted to believe that Josh was someone who was very kind of open to the sexual conversation in private, that was very understanding of Melissa's needs and didn't actually have any problems with her (laughs) libido, et cetera, um, but just didn't like publicly communicating about it. That's what I was kind of going into bat for because I was like, I think that's kind of okay. I think if you're like really in present- private,
1: I think that's what they presented us last week as well. This week, yeah. I feel like it's different.
2: Once intimacy week came around, and I think it first sort of flared up at the workshop where Josh sort of scoffed at sex toys and then started unpacking them in front of Melissa and making fun of all of them. That I was just like, "Nah, you ain't it." You no. Him.
1: So, I actually, for me, it started on the couch at the commitment ceremony where they talked about their differences. And he said, I was raised to have strong values. And to me, mm. what he, you know, reading between the lines is what he's saying is being open about sex means that she doesn't have strong values and that undermines her as a person. And I, I really, that really got my back up. I feel for Melissa, I don't know if it's just because like we're at a similar age and stage in life but I do feel like she's got this new lease on life and she is she knows what she wants she knows what she doesn't want and I actually think she's been quite you know she took sex off the table for him she's trying to be intimate in other ways and he's not really giving her anything and like bedroom aside he's not really giving her anything in any way at all did give her a lego set which is a Thor And hammer, some sourdough and
2: some sourdough muffins, which is not a euphemism.
1: No, yeah, actual sourdough English muffins meeting her halfway. How about just buying her some sourdough? <laughs> like, just buy her some sourdough. <laughs>
2: Sourdough's <laughs> that's okay for him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true.
2: When they're Legoing,
1: did you, did you catch him saying, Did you build growing up?
2: <laughs> like oh he's straight gosh. into like Lego speak. In Josh, general. yeah, yeah. I wanted to believe because I was like, "That's that's an interesting situation." And I also, if, if it had been, you know, that he is totally fine with all the sex stuff, he just has a problem talking about it with the crew, talking mm. about it in public, which is like a very relatable thing. Um, that's interesting. And then also paired with Melissa's kind of the the hyper sex positivity, you know, all of that. I would like to see how they would work together like that. But no, this week was definitely the. The undoing of Josh. I just really didn't didn't like that sex toy stuff. I mean, it's like this stuff is yeah. very difficult to talk about. Um, obviously, Melissa's fine with it, but you know, you don't you don't yuck someone's yum. You know, that's yeah, what that, yeah, it, yeah. It's exactly what he's
1: doing. He knows how much intimacy me- week means to her. She's not expecting to have sex. She just wants to connect with him. She just wants him to hold her hand, put his arm around anything. And it's like he's gone. Compl- like he's he's very deliberately not having any physical interaction with her, not, you know, when they wake up in the morning, he's not saying, hello, sweetheart, how are you doing or anything. It's all just very awkward straight away. And I I feel that for her because I have been in a relationship before where my boyfriend, you know, where he wasn't, like, very affectionate and it makes you, the moment you start thinking, oh, my gosh, they don't like me, then every little thing kind of adds mm. on top of that, and it just it just builds up. He was so childish about a lot of things that he said. She, she said some things she shouldn't have said too, but it just doesn't, um, it's just not feeling great. Like he wouldn't even give her a hug before the dinner party, you know? Yeah. Like she, yeah. Before she's like, I don't get enough sex out of you. Now it's
2: like I can't even get you to hug me or talk to yeah. me or anything at all. Um, and as she said, this is not living, this is not life, there is no relationship. Aww. I do have to wonder about their future their longevity
1: doesn't feel good
2: especially especially i think the slightly older couples are just not not here to fuck spiders yeah (laughs) you know if it's not working they're like i'm out i don't i don't care i don't want to work on this this isn't this isn't my person she's not trying to build her instagram profile no she's they're both genuinely here for the right reasons and for that i think they'll 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 head off shortly um who else is Okay, we've just got two more.
1: We've got Lyndall and Cam, which there's not a lot to say. They're really fine. They're going to be fine. They've got a little bit of uh, trouble in paradise with him not wanting her to bring drama into their lives, Um, but she can't help it that she (laughs) keeps seeing and being privy to this stuff that's really awful for other people. Cam, don't forget what show you're on. That's all I'll say. It's like you can't expect to come into a show like this and not at some point be embroiled in, in, if not your own drama, somebody else's. It's just part of the
2: show. As you said repeatedly, I'm not Dr. Phil. No, (laughs) you don't have to be. It does kind of annoy me a little bit. Like, I'm like, I think you should be. Lyndall is being super cool on this show. Mm -hmm. She is being like an honest trader. She is straight up. She's not stirring drama. She is like letting her friends know really important information about Mm -hmm. the people that they're married to. And I wish Cam would just cool his jets a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And she didn't even tell. Caitlin about having seen Shannon with this other woman until she'd heard all the other terrible things that he'd done and the fact that sort of Caitlin was like, well, I'm willing to give him another chance if he comes in tonight and, you know, is ready to bury the hatch. And she's like, okay, well, with everything that I've just heard, which alone is a reason to go running for the hills, I really feel like you need to hear this as well. Anyway, Shannon and Caitlin oh
2: comes out on the couch straight God. up
1: with the I might still love my ex, had sex with her the week before the experiment um, Harrison is sitting there going, thank God, you know. He's just sitting there thinking, great, this takes the head off me for one hot second. <laughs> she's been in this situation before where she's been with someone who was still in love with their ex and carried on with the ex behind her back. So this is very, very triggering for her.
2: You can and see it, like more than Bronte's kind I of reactions. So. Yeah. And Caitlin, you can see that this is like dredging up something. Very deep within her. The way that she's been breaking down on camera genuinely makes me quite angry at the show Mm. (laughs) for putting her in this situation. I hope they do something to rectify it and maybe give her another chance on a future season because this guy is a piece of work.
1: This guy really is. For a star on his date list, he had broccoli, zucchini, and candles written down. So that's a giant red flag. Um, (laughs) What he did end up doing was ordering a lovely Irish meal. This all looked like it was going well. Like maybe he, you know, he had. He had made a mistake, he's blocked the X, he's getting, running across town with three plates stacked with delicious food. Uh, he's keen to try again properly. The broccoli and zucchini ended up on his plate, I'll just let you know that. She didn't have any greens on
2: hers, for what that's worth. Yeah, um, that was just a It was just a shopping list. <laughs> yeah, that was just a shopping list, exactly.
1: <laughs> they do some eye gazing and it seems to go well until oh. we find out it didn't. He, he He wasn't feeling it. She was, she thought it was
2: great, he wasn't feeling it. He says, you are a good looking girl, but not in my eyes. Oh, and as if that wasn't the worst thing. And then he starts to go, you know, if you had walked down the aisle and blown me away, all this stuff with my ex would not have happened. Like Your fault for not being hot (sighs) enough. Obviously. It's so horrible. And then you see her just completely like in tatters in her interview saying, All I want is someone to love me. And for this little rat of a man to make this (laughs) woman feel like this is absolutely hideous. She To her credit, she does she picks herself up. Yeah. She has a full-blown panic attack, but then that clearly kind of turns into this this well, controlled anger where she has this amazing run of statements where she talks about, you know, you don't need to love me or even like me, but you do need to respect me. Mm. And I was like, shit, good on you for getting it together because it's really horrible what she's been put through repeatedly with Shannon.
1: And then he's like, what are you, my teacher? I mean, he's just... Oh, yeah, dad or something? (laughs) Yeah, just like, just just so, so childish. Um, I really... Related to this one as well, okay? So there's the moment where he said to her, you're, you know, you're an attractive girl, just not to me. Mm-hmm. I have had someone say to me, who I was madly in love with, because I felt like they weren't treating me special, and he said to me, oh, well, maybe I can treat someone special one day, but just not you. And that has stuck with me for a very long that. time. Like
2: oh my God. many, many, yeah. many
1: years. And I hear that in my head still all the time when I have like periods of self doubt. That's the kind of thing that, like, he says that so flippantly, thinking, thinking somehow it's some sort of like qualifiable defense that's going to, like, honestly has the potential. To just stand here for the rest of your life and like pop up to haunt her—it's
2: unbelievable. Whenever
1: she's going through tough periods, it's horrible.
2: And I'm not saying that this is justifiable to say to anyone, but the fact that he's saying that, and he also wears like a horrible jaunty grey fedora—get the hell out of here! Get the <laughs> hell out of here, Shannon. You have no right to talk about people's looks. <laughs> <laughs> if if Alyssa's Duncan said
1: to me, "Hey, look." good-looking girl, but you just didn't wow me when you walked down the aisle, I'd be like, fair play. <laughs> like, you're, you're clearly a god. Uh, and to be honest, I feel privileged just to be having a conversation with you. But Shannon, you know, throw that one back in the sea, in my opinion, and I feel okay saying that because he's been such a jerk.
2: He has been such a jerk. And then Who's after been- all of this – yeah. Then the the next reveal, which is that both Claire and Lindell saw him again out on the weekend with no cameras with a a girl and a woman, a young girl and a woman, and that he mouthed shh to Lindell mm. and did like a little shush sign. So they've got this information. I was sort of confused about when this was all coming out, there was that grab from Shannon where he talked about being like a TfL man and nothing sticks to him. Mm. Like, I've gotten away with it, right? Yeah, because his defense was that it was his cu- was his cousin? His cousin and her daughter. But we don't know, th- and that's why I was kind of like, shout out Melinda again for being the surprising moral place of the show where she's like, well, can you describe what they look like? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah. I kind of, at this point, I think we need to see photographic evidence from Shannon. This is why
1: we need the cameras there all the time, though it does appear that the girl, the young girl was, maybe around 10, and that his daughter's actually four. So I think that's why everyone sort of just was like, oh, okay. But he had a problem with them having him up about it in the first instance and the experts are saying, are you really surprised? You've just told us Mm. you're still in love with your ex. You're seen with a woman and a daughter and then you're doing the shh. Like, of course people are going to rail you over this. I still will not be surprised. I still will not be surprised if it transpires that that was his wife. His ex girlfriend, or whatever, and and their daughter, or yeah, Yeah. or there was something untoward about it,
2: regardless. Because the shush doesn't make sense. Why don't you go, hey, Lyndall, come over, meet my second cousin? (laughs) That's what you'd do, right? You'd be like, this is my
1: cousin. Here's her ID. (laughs)
2: Yeah, Uh, Yeah. (laughs) take a photo of her holding the day's newspaper. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's Um, just, oh, Shannon.
1: So, a lot. A lot still to come. The, the experts promise everyone's going to be held accountable. No one's getting away with nothing on the couch this week, so I look forward to it. We have gone over time.
2: We've gone over time, but there's just been so much to discuss. What a show. This is. Show. I will say this week as well, during, while Harrison was spinning his yarns around the dinner party about the girl's number, Joe m- muttered under his breath. He just went, this is Shakespearean. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, it actually is like you. C- it's it's actually. I mean, I've struggled. I don't know if you have. It's so intricate. It gets yeah. hard to describe. Like you mm-hmm. literally cannot make this stuff up. No, you cannot make Harrison up. The level of of like gameplay in this, which is not a game. <laughs> Honestly, between maths
1: and Treasure Island hitting its strategic stride, I can't. Like my brain is so so broken.
2: Yeah, we'll need to take but it I will. after this and just I will, watch. no, I
1: just will. I just I will continue. continue oh, and also, on. I
2: mean we not we don't talk about it on this pod, but it's also been Casa Amor for the last week on Love Island and it's just oh, oh god the level of deception is just off the charts across the reality universe and it's exhausting. But we love it. What
1: a time to be alive. What a time We love it. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, T I here. Thank you to the spin off members. And thank you to the great reality TV producers who make our lives worth
2: living. But not thank you to Shannon and Harrison. Nah, not you guys.
0: Kia ora e kia te te here, podcast manager at The Spin Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our Mahi by signing up to become a Spin Off member at thespinoffconz donate. The Spin Off Podcast Network.